is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole All right, guys. Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Uh, I am young Ari Gold. I am the Garnet Texan. And we are here to talk about your Houston Texans, uh, talk a little bit more about the preseason game, go over a couple of the things that are going on in training camp, um, and, and just really kind of go from there. Uh, John, how's the week going? How's it treating you so far? It's well, been nice having news every day, right? Yeah, I mean, at least football's going on. I think I've gotten the plague from my child's daycare. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm very, very convinced if The Walking Dead or something like that ever really actually starts up, it's going to come from a virus out of a daycare. Those things, are, those kids are always sick, man. And they're always disgusting the way that uh, they, they like, yeah. they're just like, oh, I'm going to wipe my nose and not do anything about it. And like the teachers aren't like, hey, wash your hands. Here's sanitizer. Well, I mean, my kid's they six try. months old. So. <laughs> but even, I'm just saying the other ones too. Yeah. Like the three-year-olds that are drooling on their shirts. Yeah. I mean, you leave anything out, he's going to put his mouth on it. Yeah. So that's why they catch everything. Yeah, I was pretty disgusted today, too. Yeah, so I'm a big Madden player. Uh-oh. I love Madden. Uh-oh. Madden 18 it doesn't come out till the 22nd. Uh-oh. But if you pre-ordered it and had EA access, you could play 10 hours of it starting today. Uh-oh. So I was super stoked. And they came out with a story mode called Long Shot, to where you basically start off at the regional combine get up to the super regional and then you start to go through the draft process but the opening scene of long shot is this quarterback who's probably like 11 and his best friend who's 11 and he's a wide his best friend's a wide receiver and he's the quarterback so you're playing the quarterback the whole time and his dad's there and they're in the front yard and they're playing just backyard football so they line up and the dad goes up there goes there here comes the houston texans and the wide receiver goes, we're not the Houston Texans. We're the Dallas Cowboys. I instantly just turned off my Xbox, canceled my EA Access subscription, <laughs> and it just pissed me off and ruined my entire day. And I was actually having a good one until that happened. Do they but do then that? they make it worse. And then it said 16 years later, 2017. 16 years ago, we weren't a franchise. So they really didn't do their homework. So then it really pissed me off. I think in 2000 we had picked a logo. No. 2000, 2001 we'd picked a it was logo. 2001. So 16. And we were actually established 2002. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well. It just is pissed it, me is off. It, yeah, well, I understand why. But is it the same? Do you have to, like, pick your favorite team or anything? Yeah, so, that? I mean, there's still, like, Madden Ultimate Team on there, which is great. That's like No, no, one. no. Like, when you go in, you go... Oh, I'm a Texans fan, and they, they yeah, customized asked that. You. Yeah, yeah, they did all that. So, what had you gone in and said, like, you were a Colts fan or something like that? It would probably say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> most likely. Yeah, most likely. I mean, I don't know, because I didn't want to test it. Uh, I just bought my Xbox for the second time, so I didn't want to, like, risk anything happening. Throwing uh, anything I, Yeah, I didn't want to have the blue screen of death instead of the red Your screen 2018 of death. Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord! Um, you no. throw it out the window. <laughs> but but they uh, so they switched over the uh, actual game engine this year, which they they're using Frostbite and previous 
it wasn't Frostbite, and FIFA was using Frostbite, and the graphics look a lot better. The game looks great. It was just a, a very piss off, pissed off moment where that, and then when I go and open my first pack, I get Dak Prescott as my card, and it just made it even worse. It was like EA wanted to just like totally troll me into this. But anyways, other than that, I'm great. It's been a good week. About you know, a little salt in some wounds, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, they did a very good job. Um, so with a lot of different things going on, obviously we recapped the the game last week. Um, damn it. I'm doing the um thing again. I'm trying to clean that up guys. And I just can't, I just can't clean it up. I'm trying so hard, but, uh, there was a a drinking game or something like, you know, that TV show. Every time I say it, we should just, I'll take a shot. Yeah. By the end of the, the podcast, I just be in about 10 minutes. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And I came in with the intention to kill the word. Just kill the word. I wanted to kill the word. Kill the word. But yeah, so there was a lot that that's gone on this week. Obviously, the preseason was great. We recapped it. We talked about the good things, the bad things, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we expect to see coming up next week. We didn't dive too much into. I'll let you kind of take it from there. I mean, where are you want? What are you wanting to see Saturday night against the Patriots? And then we'll dive into training camp and some of the things that we're seeing and hearing. Well, I want to see a little bit more out of our offense. Yeah. I want to see Savage. I hope we only see Savage for a series or two. If he comes out there and he's actually doing what he's supposed to, I want to hopefully see Watson with the one some. Um, I'm still, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more. I'm still of the believer. And this isn't a belief. This is how I truly think it is. Maybe that means that it's a belief. Watson will start when he gives us the best chance to win. Not before, not after. I would agree. Um, I think right now Savage still has the highest floor, the higher floor, where Watson could get thrown out there and it could be a disaster. But we really won't get a better feel for that until you see him with the ones. Some, yeah. Hopefully against the ones. But Savage needs those reps too. Well, we're not going to see against the ones. The Patriots have, like, from what I I read, like an article about like the Patriots have the least amount of starters that are pl- going to play in the preseason. Probably. Like Belichick's already said pretty much. Yeah, you know. Which Patriots, is fine. Whatever. whatever it's still the Patriots at the end of the day. Still getting to see Deshaun with our ones. Absolutely. And even if it's the twos of the Patriots, the twos of the Patriots are still probably better than half the AFC. So it'd be good to see. I'd, I'd love to see that. Um, now I'm doing the um thing. What the hell, dude? See, is it like that's what I'm saying. I am not doing that now. I like... Your idea. I I would like to see maybe one or two series of Savage and then Watson come in. I also would like, like, if the offense is going in the direction that we want it to go and it's under Savage, I'd like to give him some more reps to continue that progression. With what we're hearing out of camp, it's sounding more and more like Deshaun is nipping at the heels of Tom. Well, he better be. I mean, he's a first round draft pick. That's that's good. But the expectation has kind of been up until the preseason game. And obviously everything changed. And after that was savage. Give Deshaun time. Now it's starting to be, well, here comes Deshaun and he's starting to get a lot closer than what people were anticipating. Right. And I think it's, again, it's whatever quarterback gives us the best chance to win. And if that is Deshaun, he's going to end up starting. And if they're seeing enough out of him, as they should, he, I thought he was going to be a project quarterback. My whole thought with Deshaun is I thought that he was a second-round pick because I didn't think he was actually going to come into the NFL ready to start. 
So if he proves me wrong and he can come in here and he can unseat Savage, and Savage is a fourth-round pick who couldn't beat out Brock Osweiler last year. It, couldn't beat out or wasn't given the opportunity to beat out? I think there's two a different bit, things. I think there's a, there's a little bit of both. Sure. I think if Brock obviously was horrible. Obviously. Still horrible. And he, yet he's going to somehow want another starting job. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> but Good Lord. Savage couldn't beat him out. Savage couldn't show enough that he should be starting without question. He was right there. We kept it close. So if Watson can come out and he's right there and he's keeping it close, maybe he does get to start. And that's not a bad thing. But ultimately, we're going to go with whomever. Or I, it's like I get to fucking make this decision. Ultimately, Bill O'Brien is going to go with the guy that's going to make him win games. No matter what he says, no matter what he says during conferences or whatever thing. If I don't he says anything, anything he says anymore. Yeah, no kidding. I really just don't. He's not, it's not about developing Deshaun. It's about winning football games for the Texans, and that's what's going to be his driver. It's not about being what's fair to Savage. It's not about what we do with Savage next year or recapping anything out of any of that. Right. It's all about winning football games. And I think that we saw a lot out of Deshaun, and, and I think what most people are talking about this week isn't necessarily like the out-of-the-pocket mobility and uh, being able to keep the play alive. What people are truly focusing on from what they saw was just his showing he's not, the game is not too big for him. Yeah. The poise, the it factor, the the calmness that comes with him. Those are the things that people are starting to talk more about, which to me is a great thing to hear. Right. I'm glad that that's what we're talking about. And we're not talking about like we want him to be Vic and we want him like the fact that he has that as a part of his game is great. But well, Bill O'Brien will be the first to say that he needs to have some more pocket patience. Right. He needs to learn how to have more mobility within the pocket, not outside the pocket. Well, if he actually plays showed, break down. He showed way more pocket presence than I was expecting. He did. No, he, he showed, did. But not he, good enough of what we need from a starting quarterback. Well, I mean, the, honestly, I believe that he had better pocket presence than 90% of the Tex, any starting quarterback the Texans have ever had. So his, job. Yeah. Well, his issue that I saw were the same issues that we knew coming in. Lack of touch on that intermediate pass. Correct. If he cleans that up, that's scary. And then also the same problem that all mobile right-handed quarterbacks have. Can he go to his left? Because every time there was pressure, he'd always he'd float to his right. And defenses, NFL defenses, will start to cater to that. Right. They'll, start, they'll push you that way. They'll push you that way and then set you a trap. Right. So those are the two things that I think that he needs to overcome. He shows a little bit more touch on a couple of those passes. We're not even having this discussion. I think everybody is, everybody knows that he's going to be starting if he cl- completes a couple of those passes. It's going to be really interesting to see because if he comes in this week and is better than what he was last week and he continues to build when we're going to the Saints game, then, you, then there's an internal conversation going on at NRG saying maybe it's something we have to do. I do think that Bill O'Brien, I don't think Bill O'Brien, no matter, I can't say no matter what, but I don't think Bill O'Brien will make the decision that Deshaun's starting week one, period. I, I don't. I just I just don't see it. I feel like he wants to at least give Savage the opportunity. And then after that, I think it's kind of where, where, where we'll see what happens. I could be wrong, unless he's playing like Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's the type of level that Deshaun would have to reach, I think, for Bill O'Brien. Not Aaron Rodgers. 
if I, he reaches, I mean, and he can't reach that by week one, right? No, if he reaches to a point where I think he's neck and neck with Savage, um, I think if he's neck and neck and Savage at the end of the preseason, then it'll probably be Watson. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. His weaknesses right now are still pretty obvious. But what's funny is before when before this preseason game, we all thought there were plenty other weaknesses right. that we did not see at all. We were worried about the forcing the throws and causing turnovers. Instead, he threw the ball out of bounds or kept the play alive. He didn't force anything. Uh, the The arm strength was the question. There definitely wasn't a question about arm strength. His decision making, all that, all that seemed to be his pocket presence, like you said. So all those questions have already been answered. The only things he needs to do now is really sure up those intermediate to mid range throws, and then obviously he's going to have to get better with the deep ball. But other than that, I don't know what I th- else he really. Can I think do. it's it's exciting. It's a I good mean, thing. It's, it's it's very very exciting. Um, if you ask me to put money down on it, Savage is going to start the first couple of games, no matter agree. what. I would agree. Then he's probably going to get hurt. But I think O'Brien would like for Savage to start just because of the schedule as well. Yeah, you want to get the Patriots have this ability to destroy a quarterback. Correct. Not just that game, but every game after. But Deshaun doesn't look like one of those quarterbacks that could just be He doesn't look like he's going to get scrambled. But they may figure out his Achilles heel. Absolutely. And If anybody can, it's... Right. And, I mean, so far, Deshaun has shown that the things that he can work on, he will improve. Um, which is awesome. I mean, he's, he's, he's exciting. And I understand why everybody's excited about him. And I hope he proves me wrong and that he ends up being the the quarterback we all really hope he is. Like, yeah, I hope that y'all are making fun of me a couple of years from now. Oh, he, he, left, he was a second-round pick. Y'all are doing that same thing. Like, the Oh, people, we're going to release that bad audio that yeah. we recorded with him about Deshaun Watson where you guys got into it that we right. never released. We're going to release that podcast. Oh, yeah. For I sure. Said, I said, I said, Absolutely, I, we're going to release that podcast. I said a lot. Everybody can hey, hear what you, you know, said. I said a, they didn't hear you. I said a lot of great things about him. You also but said I did, a lot of bad things about him. Not a lot. I stood my ground. I have the audio. You, you, you listen to it. I, I know. I have it on the computer. You could. You can. I stood my ground on it. I said that I believed he was a second-round pick and that I was nervous about us trading up to get him. And that you wanted Mahomes over Watson. I think that Mahomes had a higher ceiling. And that you wanted Mahomes over Mahomes looked pretty good, too. So that's the funny thing. That's kind of what I was going to get into next is <laughs> this quarterback class that people were ridiculing and talking about being not a good quarterback class. Obviously, this is a preseason. Trubisky looked fine. Mahomes looked fine. Watson looked fine. Even Peterman looked fine. Peterman looked fine. I mean, so Kaiser looked like Kaiser looked like he might be the best. Kaiser did kind of look like he may be the best. That is that's gonna. Oh, man. but we'll wait and see. It I, is you know, preseason he, at this, the end of the day. This is what I will say about Kaiser as as a prospect. Him and Deshaun Watson were kind of like mirror images. Um, all the strengths that Kaiser had were supposedly the weaknesses of Watson, and vice versa. Kaiser has all the physical tools, no doubt about his. His arm strength, his accuracy, even his pocket presence. Yep. But he's a head case. Yep. He'll probably put up great numbers in the first three quarters and then pull apart in the fourth. He'll play Bortles it. Yeah. Whereas Watson, everybody thought that he was going to be a little bit lacking on the physical end um, from arm strength and accuracy. Never really having a pocket at Clemson, so he didn't have any pocket presence. 
but he was going to be one of those guys that was always going to find a way to win. Right. So this is, I think it's, it's going to be, I, I think that it's great that they're also going to be forever linked because of that trade. So that's going to be something to watch for the next couple of years. Well, that and then with Alex, people saying pretty much that in Kansas City, this will be the last year of Alex Smith and then Mahomes takes over. You know, if this works out, if this works out best case for the Texans, the way it should work out is Savage is good enough to where Deshaun doesn't get on the field at all this season. And the next season is Watson year while also at the same time Mahomes year. And we get to have that conversation about who, were we right or wrong, or yeah. who we should have went with or not. But well, it, it's I also said, crazy. I also said Mahomes would be a coach killer. You did that. I think that he has the highest ceiling, but he was going to be just like Jay Cutler. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. That coaches are going to look at all of his physical abilities, look wow. at his stats, and it's like you Blow know what, I'm going to make this guy into a winner, and he'll probably never win. But if anybody can do it, it would be Andy Reid. Like he literally yeah. is in the absolute best. He's in the best situation possible. No kidding. Like, as good as they say that Watson is in a great situation, yes, he is in yeah. a good situation. Mahomes is in a much better situation. Yeah. You just put Andy Reid there, and he, he's muzzled him. So, so yeah. And then if we go down to another quarterback, let's go to Blake Bortles. <laughs> We're hearing qu- all did, sorts of did fun stuff. Did you see that, that uh, little video of uh, Allen Robinson cursing him out? Yes. Saying, don't throw it out of bounds. <laughs> you fucked hard, pretty much. But pretty much. And don't then throw, don't fucking throw it out of bounds. What did, what did yes, you say? Something like that. Or fucking keep it in bounds or something like that. And then today, Jalen Ramsey. There was nobody else on the field. It was just him. The no, I know. <laughs> and then today, uh, Jalen Ramsey liked a, a picture of on Instagram of it was a uh, six, six other quarterbacks that the Jacksonville Jaguar Jaguars could have right now. And he, he liked it thinking that literally all six of those were better. Like somebody took it away. Um, it's, 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 it's a mess down there and I love it. I just absolutely love it. You know, Henny, I'm Henny may end up starting. I, I like Henny better than Bortles. Yeah, I, I did too. And I, every time Henny comes in as a relief, it's, it's like, Whoa, I forgot about he's, Chad Henney. He's done a couple of things yeah. to us before, so yeah. I, I know. Hopefully, he doesn't start. Blake does just enough to stay the starter, but you know, continues to be Blake. Well, they're going to ride it out this year. He, they didn't pick up his option, so yeah. they're going to have to make sure that they know what they get before they offer him a deal. I do think it'll be great if Watson is all we hope and dream. Absolutely. And Fournette ends up just being a loudmouth. Well, the NFL's easy. Yeah, NFL's it's easy, apparently. It's extremely easy. It's slow. From the SEC. I, I mean, it's slower than Bama, apparently. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. And he said that about the Patriots. And I thought this was supposed to be a more disciplined team now with Coughlin. You know, I mean, Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless get to really introduce Fournette to the I NFL. I can't wait. That ought to be a fun game. I can't wait. Did you know Bortles can't throw it? So a Cushing probably can't wait. McKinney can't wait. <laughs> Hey, cool. Probably be fine with uh, with Nelson just being in our second. I don't know about that. <laughs> Let's wait and see what happens next week because the, oh, he's been man. lit up in camp by Brady and Chris Hogan. Not anybody else, just Chris Hogan. So, well, well, was, I mean, Chris Hogan has a little bit of talent, so that's fine. <laughs> what was he? Seven Eleven always open. Yeah. So. Anyways, so let's get into, obviously, training camp right now. We had two days of practice with the New England Patriots. Uh, probably the biggest story coming out of it is the Texans' defense pretty much picking up exactly where they left off in the playoffs, harassing Brady. Brady was throwing temper tantrums, was mad, throwing balls on the ground, yelling at his teammates. And from what I understand, most of it was merciless. Yep. And then... On top of that, we've got video of J.J. Uh, Watt just abusing Gronk, which... Was he abusing him, though? Like, 
Gronk really only had one hand on JJ. And if you if you think about it, that probably was like two seconds. I, I was just kind of taking I looked at it a little different. Like I love JJ and he's definitely the best defensive player I've ever seen. And that I mean, not the, forgive me if I was saying anything bad about him, because <laughs> I know for a fact that's just not possible. But literally, if you look at that gif, it's one hand by Gronk, and he did a pretty damn good job of holding JJ back. I looked at it as... But it was also a run play. Yeah. So JJ was probably trying to contain himself a little bit. I looked at it more as... It just demonstrates JJ's health. Yeah. Going up against Gronk. Agreed. Gronk. Gronk is a very, very strong person. probably the best run-blocking tight end in the league. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we don't have quite all the context. We see the videos. We see the tweets. And we're Houston fans, so yeah. naturally we follow more Houston media. I'm sure if we Absolutely. follow all Patriots, it would be on the other opposite. And about how much the Patriots are just, you know, showing whether they're the class of the AFC and they're all so great, 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 you know, but. Yeah, the Patriots were actually giving quite a bit of credit to us in, in like their subreddit and things like that. They were they were talking about how we really have that chance of being a great team and that our defense scares the shit out of them. We're the only team that matched them physically all year, apparently. Well, and and that that if we had totally any sort of offense. Any. Literally any. That was probably... That was a wake-up call for the Patriots. Yeah. And I mean, our defense was just coming off a high. Like I said, Clowney was finally playing with the confidence that we knew he could. Yep, he has Him and Merciless were just clicking. Yep. So now we're all crazy excited. We got to hope they can drop J.J. Watt in and figure out how to make it all click without messing up the progress that they made. So, and I think to touch on the whole making it click, dropping J.J. in, uh, in J.J.'s interview today, he was talking about, they were like, you know, how is it to be back? It's great to be back. And, you know, how is it finally being on the field with Clowney? And he's like, it's great. And they ask about his their relationship and how it's evolved. And that they're smiling a lot more together and they're having more fun and there's pictures taken and all these things. And he said, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to have that and have, you know, so many different people that can do the things that we need to do as a defense. He's like, but to be honest with you, the most underrated player on our defense that nobody talks about is merciless. And it's, it's ridiculous. The guy's amazing. And so when I was listening to that, I was starting to think like this injury may have humbled JJ just a little bit. And now I feel like he's starting to think, like, I have these other playmakers. I don't have to be the only guy that comes out here and just destroys. I literally have two other guys that can help me do my job even better. Well, I think he kind of also saw it. And from a leader standpoint, too. Well, we went from two years ago where there was an argument where J.J. Watt could be the MVP as a defensive player. And the team really wasn't any any more successful than it was this year without him. And I think that maybe made something click inside his head that he may be the most dominated defensive player of all time, but it is still a team. And he wants to win. He and does. I think, I think he wants I think, to win more than anything. I think it's not necessarily even him being humbled. I think that just the realization that he only has a limited amount of time to win, that he's now seen his window which is going to make him be more open to playing more disciplined because a lot of what made J.J. great was his instincts. But that 
put other players having to play very, very conservatively because he was going to be super aggressive. He was going to do things that nobody else could do. But if he missed, there would be a big play. And now he'll probably play... He'll probably still play with quite a bit of instincts and quite a bit of or that aggression. But I think that he's going to tone it down and he's going to be the guy that doesn't have to necessarily get all the stats anymore. Well, and that's what he said. He said that today. Like, it's not about who gets the sacks anymore. It's about, I mean, that's not how he said it. He didn't say, I want to make sure I don't unquote, but he basically said, like, it doesn't matter who gets the sacks. We don't care. We just want to win. We just want to get to the quarterback. And I never heard him say anything like that prior to last year. I never heard him give other defensive players the credit that they deserve as much as he did. And to me, it's like, yes, he's always been a leader, but he's been more lead by example. Now I feel like it's more of that leader, like praising the players on the defense with him, giving them a boost of confidence, letting them know what he sees from them as well, which is another part of leadership is, is owning and, and letting people know how good they are and what he likes about them. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, he's crossed that bridge from I'm out here killing myself. Why can't you kill yourself like I do to try and get everybody else around him on his level instead of just trying to instead of just trying to be like, look at me. I'm so great. He's actually taking ownership, not like a coach, but taking ownership of the defense. He's trying to really step in and be. He probably even learned it from Vince work a little bit, trying to to truly be a leader, not just be a leader by example, not just be a leader because he's the best player out there. Yeah. But by getting everybody to work out and come together and understand their role, hopefully that's what we're seeing out of them. Hopefully all this goodwill that they have in camp right now continues throughout the season. But we'll see. Yeah, I think you touched on it a little bit. Wolfork, uh, so Wolfork definitely played a big role in JJ. And, but he also and Clowney. did in Clowney and Merciless. Yeah. I was obviously with Hard Knocks going on right now and it's Tampa Bay. And I know I said like on one of our first two or three podcasts, I rewatched Hard Knocks, but my oldest son is just now starting to actually get into football. And we watched the first episode of Hard Knocks with Tampa. And he said, wow, I really like the show. I'd like to watch more. And I said, well, look, you know, the Texans one's even better. (laughs) And I, you know, I told him like from the personality standpoint, it really is. They're just, it's just an amazing Hard Knocks. So we started rewatching it again and when you start to see Will Fork and, and Watt and how they their relationship started to really evolve at the beginning of camp to the end, I Will Fork definitely came in. Even though it was two years, it was a great two years. And it, I think it came at a time where we really needed it. And I think he showed Watt how to be more of a leader right. on the field. I don't th- If we don't have Will Fork, they're not playing that four-square game. Which is great. Yeah. Like, seriously, think about it. Like, this team is having so much fun right now. And, and I think that's what makes it more fun to watch. Like, I literally watch it every day. I watch a stupid four-square competition. <laughs> I don't even, even know how to play four-square. I didn't even know that was a real game. But, I mean, apparently it is. And it reminds me, again, I, I went to South Carolina. And when we went on that, for South Carolina, the only success we've ever had is in baseball. We won two national championships. But what was always unique about those teams is they were always doing something goofy. Like, they had the spirit avatar stick, or they would set up like cups and make like a fake little sniper gun and you'd see them just kind of goof it off. And those teams outperformed their talent because they were so close together. And it's not stuff that was, you can't fake it. It has to come through organically. And Wilfork, 
I think he, I think Big Vince planted that seed. So this group of Texans kind of t- have taken it, and the four squares, just where you see it. Like if they were just with the coaches too, though. The coaches are a part of it. All the players are a part of it. Yeah. And if it was something fake, there wouldn't be the ex- there wouldn't be as much talk about it. There wouldn't be the excitement from the players. And that's just that's a natural chemistry. But it's going to help that team. It, it should. We all hope and. I'm willing to bet that it's going to help the team play a little bit better than how much talent that they have. And they're a very talented team to begin with. They are. But I think, uh, and this kind of brings it back, though, as we have our last practice in Greenbrier, I think what we're starting to see with this training camp being moved and it being more of a destination training camp is you're starting to see that bonding and relationship that we talked about before they went. When you're watching their interviews now and their press conferences and things like that, Clowney's so open now and funny and hilarious and and so many it's just a lot of people are having fun and you can just see it and it's it's a bonding experiment I mean experience for them I don't know if you follow Bernard McKinney on Instagram I'm an Instagram like I'm on Instagram all the time I I'm always on it he's literally the best follow possible like I don't care if you think OBJ is the best Instagram follow he's nowhere near as entertaining as Bernard Bernard fucks with everybody in the locker room beyond belief i'm not even joking they they mess with him about his hair all the time they do no but this started last year with jalen he he was following jalen around and he started this hey jalen thing and then the whole locker room started saying it every time jalen would come around and then he just followed him with on instagram for like a solid six weeks it'd be like one or two a day now he's fucking with cushing while he's rehabbing on his legs with those stupid things that are i don't even know what they are the hyperbaric chambers that are wrapped around his leg or whatever (laughs) And so he's messing with them then. Then he's messing with Merciless. Merciless rolled, or Covington rolled over today, and so his ass was in the air, and McKinney grabbed a bunch of baby powder and just started pouring it all over the place, <laughs> and Covington didn't even know he was doing it. And he, it, it's just great. It, it's great. I, I love the feeling of this team right now. I do. Obviously, besides the offensive woes, the team itself, it just feels right. And well, so we'll see, obviously. Yeah, I mean... Where's where's my Kool Aid? Like I'm I'm fully drinking it this year. Uh, yeah, I am too. Just the only my I'm usually year optimistic is, too. I hope Savage and Watson aren't close at the end of the at the end of training camp because I think that's the only thing that could kind of mess up that chemistry is if Watson is just barely behind Savage, and then Savage comes out and struggles, and the coaches stick with with Savage for whatever reason. Because last year. And this is really a credit to Bill O'Brien. Last year, as good as our defense was and as bad as our offense was, there was very, very little drama about it. When you've seen other teams and other locker rooms absolutely tear themselves apart about it. And they didn't. There was a little bit of drama, but for the most part. That was at the end, though. Yeah. And it it was after a switch. And it was completely understandable. Well, I don't know about understandable, but it, it happened. And I mean,. But the defense didn't mutiny. There's, he no. never really lost. It wasn't the, like Shab Andre right. or anything like that. They I would never agree. lost the team, and that's that's such a credit to the coaching staff. I think a lot of it has to do with the culture of the team, though. Yeah. Like honestly, I believe Tom Savage saw that Brock Osweiler was shit, and that he should have had the winning the starting job. But you never once saw it from Savage in his body language. He was always still talking to Brock, talking to him about what he saw on the sideline. I, I think it will be the same. And Tom will go on his way and, and probably get paid like Mike Lennon. We'll get a 
third round compensatory pick, and that'll be it. But well, I'm not even talking about between Tom and Deshaun happening. You're talking about the team itself. The team itself starting to picture. I mean, it could. it could. And right now, what they've built there in that chemistry, I think that's the only thing that could ruin that chemistry. Except for the fact that Tom's been there so long. Like, yeah. I, I do think that there's a genuine feeling around Tom from the team itself that it's time right. to give him a shot. Right now, there is. But I even think at that point, it's not going to be a quick get off of Tom and on to Deshaun. If we, go, just, we just don't go that way. That's not how we are. We didn't do it last year at all. I know. We didn't. And, and but, we were bad last year. Tom's we, not going to be We started strong. We started strong last year, though. But not because of quarterback play. I know. But that's but what I'm we, saying. But we were winning. But let's say we go out and we lose three of the first four games instead of winning three of the first four games. We, we could, honestly, with our schedule, we could potentially go be one and, one and three. Right. That happens. And this is my fear. That happens. And you look at Savage, and he's obviously struggling. But Bill O'Brien wants to stick with him. But the players are starting to be like, well, we need to give Watson a chance. Let's not throw this away. I'm worried about that sort of drama ruining the chemistry that they have right now. If this was a Gary Kubiak coach team, I would agree with you. But it being a Bill O'Brien coach team, I just don't see that happening. Okay. I, I don't think Bill O'Brien I, I just don't see it. He doesn't to me it, it doesn't I don't think he would allow that to basically become a part of the locker room. Yeah. I really yeah. don't. Well, I could be wrong though. Yeah. I, I hope you're right. Well, we kind of, you know, got away from the original question. What are you looking forward in the, in this game coming up? So this one will be obviously more Deshaun. We'll see mm-hmm. his a better understanding of his offense. I want to see more from our secondary. A lot of word out of camp at, at, from at least yesterday and today is Marcus Gilchrist is looking like a natural at the position, uh, looking like he is going to take that say, other safety spot, which is great. I'm glad that we have some. We can have some consistency there as long as he can stay healthy. I, I want to see these wide receivers. Honestly, I wouldn't play Nuck at all or Nuke, whatever. I got blasted for calling him Nuck. But anyways. Well, Nuck is the pacifier, but he goes by Nuke the Bomb on Twitter. I know. And this fight has gone all the way back to like when he was Nuk. at Clemson. Because apparently his mama calls him Nuck, but everybody else calls him Well, Nuk. then there you go. That's problem solved. If mom calls him Nuck, then Nuck it is. So, But we need to get an actual Clemson fan to clarify that. I'm sure Tim can tell us. We'll have him on yeah. and figure it but out. That's my him. understanding. His mama calls him Nuck. Everybody else calls him Nuke. Well, if mom calls you Nuck, that's where the nickname originally started. So that's the first nickname you have. But if so you that's prefer the, to be, he prefers to be called Nuke. I don't care what he prefers. I'm not his best friend. <laughs> so I'm calling him Nuck. You're calling him what his mama calls when, him? When we get him on the show and he wants to correct me and tell me that I can't call him Nuck, I have to call him Nuke. Well, then I'll say, yes, sir, you're right. And we'll move on. All right, fair enough. Um, I think that with... Yeah, I wouldn't want to play Nuck. I would want to see these other wide receivers and get them some time. I really want to start seeing a little bit more of Tyler Irvin in the slot. Uh, Braxton Miller's not going to play, so we're going to see Bruce Ellington, who we brought in. We're going to see Jalen Strong as basically the number one wide receiver, which in camp, what we're hearing from yesterday and today is that Jalen's dominating the DBs of, of the Patriots. I want to see a lot of that. I, I want to see a lot I really of want to see Jalen put it together. I mean, he's always He been always a- has it. He's got all the athletic ability in the world. Like, I mean, size, speed. He's got it all. He ran. I mean, you got to remember he ran around a four four. Yeah. Um, he's come up with big, big catches. Yep. In his time, but he hasn't put it all together. Even when he was in college, like, you always were waiting for him to take that next step. Yep. And he's gonna get a chance because he's the best blocking receiver we have, and we really don't have a lot of receivers. 
But I'm going to take a minute and get you all super excited about Bruce Ellington, and then I'm going to crush y'all's dreams. Fantastic. <laughs> Bruce, um, when he was first drafted, he was kind of being paired to Randall Cobb. Again, South Carolina grad. He played at South Carolina. I admit I am always a little bit biased towards some of our players or some of the players from there. But Bruce didn't play football to start out his career at college. He was Mr. Basketball. He, re- But he was a... Um, he won state as a quarterback. I believe he played at Fort Dorchester. Um, somebody I'm sure can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on that, but he was an option quarterback, but he was Mr. Basketball. He was going to go to South Carolina. He was going to be the big basketball recruit we hadn't had in years. And for his freshman year, he only played basketball. Well, South Carolina at the time was actually halfway decent by our standards. Uh, Clemson had just started their kind of their role. His cousin is Andre Ellington. Um, if you played fantasy football, Andre Ellington, you know, the one that was Red Jesus. And all that kind of got Bruce missing football. Bruce was the better football prospect than Andre. Bruce has all the size that Andre Ellington lacks. When he originally started playing for South Carolina, that was the, if you follow college football at all, that's when Spurrier got in trouble for blasting a state reporter. Because the reporter accused Spurrier of stealing him from the basketball team. And Andre didn't even, or I'm sorry, Bruce didn't even have a position when he first came out for South Carolina. He, they thought that he was going to be a running back. Um, he kind of played wildcat quarterback for us his first year. And they would just put the ball in his hand and see what happens. And then they found out all that time on the basketball court, he could catch the ball. So he moved to receiver and he was a great receiver. He could play inside, outside. Uh, the... The hit game, the uh, South Carolina Michigan game, where um, Clowney became a national icon, Ellington actually won that game on a, on a catch. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Niners, got comparisons to Randall Cobb. He was one of those players that everybody just said he was really raw, but if he learned how to play receiver, he was going to be something else. And then last year, preseasons building up, um, Matt Harmon, who does fantasy football, does this thing called reception perception. I don't know all the details about it, but he looks at all the routes that the court or receivers run. And who was the player that would, nobody was drafting that just stood out on his little reception perception thing? Bruce Ellington. If you followed camp last year, Bruce Ellington torched the Texans. I, he was that player that when they were talking about joint practices, he was the only player getting mentioned by both sides, by both the 49ers and even the Texans. I remember that. Like, we were even fussing that maybe we didn't have a defense because we couldn't cover this kid that nobody had heard of. And then he shreds his hamstring. He just tears it up. I think it was the second or third preseason game. Might have been the last preseason game because I actually drafted him in football. So I think it was the last game and he shredded, got put on the IR. 49ers release him because they believe that his hamstring is going to be chronic. The Jets, that's why he didn't pass the physical. They believe his hamstring is going to be chronic. Well, the Texans were going to take a chance on him. Because they so, saw him firsthand. They saw firsthand what he can do when he's healthy. So he's one of those guys, he could play the slot. He could play the slot like Randall, uh, Randall Cobb-like. Um, one of the, he could play a little bit of running back if you wanted to put him back there. Kick returner, punt returner. He's just one of those guys that when he has the ball... And his hands, good things happen. But he's never stayed healthy. Even all the way back at South Carolina, he had hamstring issues. 
playing basketball, he had hamstring issues. So it's a legitimate concern that his hamstrings are going to be a chronic issue. I was joking around earlier that I think that between him and Miller, one of them will be healthy at all times, and we'll just rotate them. Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get a couple stretch where both of them are healthy at the same time and playing at a high level. But odds are, Bruce, we're going to love him when he's out there. Everybody's going to get super excited about the kid because he's going to do something to make us all go wow. And he's still young. And he's still really young. And he's going to get hurt. And he's still really raw. He's only played receiver for four years of his entire life. Well, let's hope you're wrong. And let's hope that he comes on and and really starts to take over what he did, take on what he did last year because we need it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, we we all, we need it. We need a wide receiver. Yeah, his physical abilities and what he's done, he could easily be our second best receiver. Like that's that's up there. That that's is the ceiling. realm of possibility, and it's very realistic. As long as he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. So you and see him making the roster, and if he gets the, uh, and if he gets the playbook, because we all know that we ask our receivers to do right. a little bit more that's than a others. Lot more. Um, he doesn't just have to be able to run routes. He has to be able to diagnose coverage. Right. And he played quarterback, but it was an option quarterback. So it was more of a running back. Will he make the roster if he stays healthy? I bet you 100 bucks he makes it. Really? If he's healthy, if he's healthy, I, he's, if he's, healthy make he's making the roster. If he's not healthy, well, that's what's going on. Oh, at that point, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if he's healthy, he's going to make the roster. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, that's probably the best scouting report you guys are going to get on Bruce Ellington from a passionate uh, South Carolina fan. So that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about him now. You got me on your elevator pitch of Bruce Ellington, so I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm sorry because he's going to probably get hurt like next week, and we're let's all let's just hope sad. he doesn't. Let's hope he doesn't. Let's hope him and Braxton get get healthy and stay healthy, and then we roll into the season with Nuck, Strong, Braxton, and Ellington, and then Irvin. Yeah, I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, and oh, I mean Wendell Williams as well. And, and which that, I'm hearing good things about Wendell that Williams would be, too. That That's would, a good wide receiver core if they're all be, healthy. That'd be fun. Right. I mean, you got a bunch of guys that can do different things. Different things, and you except for except when, our, when our weakest guy Hopkins or Hopkins weakest guy, our strongest guy. Okay. Um, his his weakness is, of course, um, yards after the catch. Yeah, the jack. Everybody else should be a yak monster. Right. That's okay. Then, yeah. So you get you get Hopkins when you need to clutch catch, and you let the other guys run around like they're running backs, getting like a three yard handoff. I'm really excited about Tyler Irvin. I'm really excited about Tyler Irvin. That slot, that that crossing route that Deshaun threw to him last week, just made me think like, wow, like that. That's like Darren Sproles. I couldn't imagine what we could do if we had like a Darren Sproles esque running back playing slot. Like I said, Shane Vereen. He's doing the same thing this that he guy, do. but he's faster. Yeah, he's doing he's the faster same. Than Shane he, he doesn't quite have the the, the, uh, the bulk that Vereen oh. has, which is not. Irvin Irvin's a little little light for a running back, but he's he's really stocky for a receiver. But he's using it looks like Bill O'Brien's trying to use him like he did with Vereen. Vereen was essentially a slot receiver the year after Walker left yep. and before Edelman bumped up. So we'll see. You I know mean, with all the wide receivers you just mentioned, we basically left off Riley McCarron. Yeah. I mean he's baby Walker. People are saying he really is truly baby Walker. So it's exciting. I mean, we're still we're at this really weird spot with our receivers because other than Hopkins, we have so much potential and so much to look forward to. He's all so young. But we haven't seen it yet. Right. I mean, We've seen glimpses. Glimpses. Each and every one has shown glimpses. Yeah. A couple of them have even shown glimpses on, on the NFL stage. Right. But none of them have put Actually, anything together. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll see. We also, 
I'm wondering what's going to happen. I want to see special teams this week. Yeah. That's a big thing for me. I want to see how we are. And not necessarily the return game, but more of the coverage game. Because it just seems that after, I mean, we just, we've never Can been. Can we just get rid of special just, teams? We've just never you know, been a good special team. I, I, I want to raise my hand and just say, let's just get rid of kickers. We've just never been good at it. Yeah. Ever. I can't so remember just one up. year where in coverage we let's were a, a solid special teams. The, who, who's the guy that they always make fun of on the NFL Network that he's like, let's get rid of the kicker. And I used to laugh at him and now I agree with him because uh, I've just given up. Well, the kicker competition up. too. We'll see that. Hopefully it'll be better than uh, Hard Knocks. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, we didn't trade up in a second round to pick a kicker, so I guess it already is I better mean, than fair, Hard Knocks. Fair barn, I mean, I didn't know you were allowed to do touchbacks. So <laughs> completely forgot what that was like. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably get to see. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn because Novak was pretty clutch for us last year. He was accurate. And he was clutch. He was clutch. But, but distance-wise. Part of the reason our special teams have been so bad. Because we can't not kick. We have I mean, never had a good kick. I mean, Randy Bullock. I don't even understand why Bullock couldn't kick off. No, but there were times where Bullock was booting him out. That was the last time. But he was inconsistent. Eh. I don't know. I remember Bullock being able... I mean, most of the time, it was a touchback. I remember just screaming at Randy Bullock all the time. It's because so he fat. You're not used to seeing a fat kicker on the field. Maybe I was just blocking him out. A defensive tackle playing kicker. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anything positive about him right now. So those are a lot of things that I'm expected to, I, I want to see and I'm looking forward to. The secondary is going to be a big question mark for me because if for some reason Marcus Gilchrist gets hurt and they really do start to consider Kareem going to safety, well then we have then we're we have a liability. Well, okay, let me refrain. Based on what we saw last week, we would have a liability at the third corner spot with Robert Nelson. Now that could have just been a bad game, and that was also a very very fast wide receiver. Well, that, I'll give so the, I don't know. I'll give State of the Texans a shout out on it. They pointed out that Nelson's played better. In zone, and we played almost predominantly man. And, it's true. You know, I honestly didn't pay that. I it's one of those things that I should have thought of because you sit there and you realize it. But they're they're right. They nailed it, and we were all in agreement. Demir Bird, legitimate. He is a legitimate track star. He's fast. There's Super fast. very very few people in the country that are keeping up with him, much less on a football field. True. No, so, true. So it could have been just one of those things. And but, Nelson could have just been praying that, you know, his stone hands were going to return. It's like, I ain't keeping up with him. He's going to drop it anyways. I mean, the film, well, and, and Bill O'Brien basically said that we didn't game plan for this game at all. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of went in. We just wanted to play football and see kind of what happened. So if that's the case, you know, maybe it'll be better. You know, a lot of what people said that made AJ so good last year, AJ Bouye so good, was the fact that we just put him in the right spots and the defense just worked for what he played. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully Marcus Gilchrist stays healthy, takes that second spot, goes all year. We still have Kareem in the nickel, and we'll have Robert Nelson as our fourth, and I, I feel a lot better if that's the case. Maybe, we'll uh, see. maybe Deku. Yeah, or maybe Sid, or Denzel Rice too. Denzel Rice. I, I like Denzel Rice. I mean, we're gonna have five or six. Yeah. So it's just obviously Deku's likely to make the team. He's gonna make the team because he, he was, was drafted. drafted. So. It'll be dependent on on that. But I was just saying maybe that one of them will rise up and take the number four. Possibly. And Nelson will become our emergency quarterback or cornerback, and then we'll see. Well, he's I fast. Mean, yeah, he's, he's just fast. not fast enough to keep up with the track star. But to have him on special teams and things like that, that's great. Your boy, Alfred Blue, is likely to make the team. Yep. Your other boy, Brian Peters, I don't know. I, with Cunningham, Cushing, McKinney, and Cole – 
You know, I, I see them going Peters, with the potential Peters of Cole. Was so big for us a couple years ago, but I could totally see him not making the team. Only because of Cole. Yeah. The potential Cole has is higher than the potential Brian Peters has. Yeah, he's well, I mean, Peters was our special teams dynamo a couple years ago. He was like yeah. the, he He's Brian Bremen. Two years ago, he solidified our special teams. Like it, we were about to have probably the worst season ever for our special teams. He came we promoted him off the practice squad. He came in and he didn't make them good, but he made them not horrible. Made them better. And then last year he was pretty much hurt the whole time yeah, after, after that, that kickoff. Kick, yeah. And so we didn't see anything out of him last year. And so far, I didn't even notice if he played against the Panthers. That's a great question. Yeah. I think he did. Did he? I can't, I honestly, I, I mean, that know. that's kind of the I, point. I don't know, but, but I mean, there's no spot for him to play. Yeah, and when you're a fringe player like that, you got to stand out. And if you, we're not even sure if he played, it's not a good sign for the man. No, and so what's funny is, you know, bringing up that I was watching Hard Knocks, if you remember the first episode of Hard Knocks, we had Rashard Clyatt. And the day before he gets hurt, Bill O'Brien and Rick Smith and Romeo Cornell and Mike Frabel were in the film room watching the film, and they say, man, look at this guy move. He's so fast. Look at how he closes in. This guy's going to be something special. We got to keep him around. We don't have anybody like this on our team. Well, we still have it. <laughs> but now we have Cunningham, who's going to be able to fill that role. And it's nice. It's nice to know that you have that closing speed coverage yeah. for James White or, you know, whoever else is back there. I um, love how we raved about Cunningham and then PFF gave him a game ball. Oh, yeah, it was great. Just that validates me a little bit. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's I, like we're actually seeing it what we're supposed to see. So before we get out of here, real quick, Dwayne Brown still no show. One point two million in fines at this point. I'm almost to the point, and I love Dwayne Brown. I think he's my second favorite Texan of all time. I'm almost to the point of it's like, dude, just like man up and get over it. Like I get that you want more money, but at the end of the day, now at this point, you're hurting your team. Now it's not. It's not just you. And you see the Texans' stance, they're not going to give you anything. At this point, he knows. The Texans aren't giving him anything. At this point, he's made his point. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's just made his point. So at this point now, it's really about just you specifically, and you're not doing anything to help your team. Right. And to me, that's a bad thing. Like, for the team to see that, I don't know if you saw, but DeAndre Hopkins' Snapchat, he, uh, he was watching CNN, and there was a guy that looked just like Dwayne Brown. And he, he's like, oh, J- Dwayne, I know you're on holdout, but what are you doing on, on CNN? It was pretty funny because the dude looked just like Dwayne Brown. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else he's expecting to happen, but the Texans aren't budging. It's pretty clear. Maybe he's just going to retire. I don't see that happening. But maybe. I would trade him. At this point, why not? I mean, why not? he's just, yeah. I mean, Why not? Well, I don't think they'll trade him because you won't. They won't be able to get the value that they want out of him. You get a second or third out of him. That's another tackle next year. Maybe, but especially I think since th- you I think have a first. I think they're just going to let him stew. And what's going to suck is he's going to report to that first game. And he's going to get hurt, and he's going to get hurt. Absolutely. Because at this point, we've already already reached that point in spring, um, spring training. Same <laughs> baseball. Yeah, we've already re- reached that point of the preseason where if. He shows up, he gets hurt. I mean, it's every other holdout that you've ever seen. They show up at this point, they get hurt. Unless they're, you know, 
Emmett Smith or something. Yeah, it kind of pisses me off now at this point because, I mean, like I said, it's truly selfish at this point. When you were making a point and you wanted to get paid and you were doing it in OTAs and then you were doing it in mandatory minicamp, but you literally are missing almost all of training camp. You're at 1.2 million in fines. Like, yes, if you come back now, I bet they'll waive the fines, but all you're doing now, before you get to your game check, that's going to be 2 million. I think his game check is like five to 600 per week. So you're missing four weeks of game checks at that point. Yeah. And when these, when these guys going to learn Rick Smith, I wouldn't play poker with them. Well, up until this point, I probably would have thought about it at least, but now, I mean, has I he caved on any of them? It's not that he's caved, but he's always kind of, he definitely doesn't, didn't have the response that he's had so far at this point. And he also had the backing of Bob McNair, who basically came out and said like everybody else is working. We expect him to show up at some point. I mean, it's just kind of a staple. Like, yeah, we're not doing anything for you. But I guess what I'm wondering is, we still haven't seen any news on our boy getting an extension either. Yeah. That's a little worrisome, too. Yeah. Because we're going into the second preseason game. I think... Basically two weeks until... What scares me about Hopkins is... I'm starting to get the feeling, because they haven't signed him yet that they've probably reached an agreement almost with between the agent and Rick Smith. And let's see if he bounces back. I almost, I was, and that's say, kind of the attitude that Hopkins has come out. He's come out with this attitude. I am elite and I'm going to earn my money. And that's where I think that they're at. I think Deandre maybe is betting on himself. Yeah. Maybe he's saying, okay, yeah, I could sign this $62 million mm-hmm. deal right now, or next year I could sign this $78 million deal. Yeah. I mean, they probably came out with something like top 15 range and he's like, <laughs> gonna go get top five yeah and more power to him if he does but i i mean that's my theory because he's not mad about it or anything i would agree 100 percent. and it was probably presented to him it's like hey man based on what you your 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 work you had one year where you were a top five other three years good but you weren't elite and hopkins he's pretty smart i mean he's pretty articulate i mean i mean granted i know clemson they give him crayons and all there but Oh, hey. <laughs> no, just right. just teasing just, just a little bit. Our listeners, yeah. yes. just uh, teasing just a little bit. But no, 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 no. no. Clemson, see. Clemson's a good school. They oh, taught, they no, taught, don't backtrack now. They, they, the they, they taught him, they taught him just, how to, they taught him how to count. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you probably didn't know how to do that before you got there. I mean, well, I've seen the bad parts of South Carolina. So, oh lord. Okay, oh. before we can't have any NFL stars on this uh, podcast uh, at a future date, we're going to stop talking about uh, alma maters <laughs> and things like that and wide receivers not being educated. Uh, I guess that's really about it. A little bit of a heads up: next week, we're actually going to be doing our podcast right after the game again. This last, like we did last week, it seems like you guys really enjoyed having that instant gratification of kind of looking back at the game and what we saw. So you guys can have that Monday morning uh, count on that being there. Uh, then we will probably wait a little bit and do another show after the next game because I'll be in California the following week. John, anything else we need to touch on before we wrap it up this week? Anything that you saw that we didn't touch on that you feel I like we have I think to? we covered it all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us at TXNS underscore unfiltered on twitter and also on the facebook page texans unfiltered a houston football podcast itunes soundcloud search texans unfiltered thank you for everybody that has gone on and done the reviews uh, on itunes it means a lot it's how we get better if you guys have questions or want to bring up topics and things that we haven't talked about feel free to put those in the reviews as well 
Uh, we're here for you guys to make sure you guys have an entertaining Houston Texans podcast. So uh, with that, I'm, I'm Young Ari Gold. We're signing off here at Texans Unfiltered. Bulls on parade, bulls on parade, bulls on parade. Bulls on parade. Stop it one second, I say bulls, bulls on, on parade. parade. Got a mean D, and they 